This week's episode is brought to you by the Talk Buster podcast. Every episode, Chris Chipman and a guest reminisce of their time working for Blockbuster. Now, even if you've never worked for a Blockbuster, I guarantee you'll find the stories both hilarious and relatable. One of my personal favorite stories was when he had a guest retelling his time of working at a porn shop the day before Christmas when they were just packed to the gills. So, listen to the Talk Buster podcast on all your favorite platforms today. Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, me as always is Lord Commander Ulrich. And peek behind the curtain, we're recording a couple times in one night, so we're going to format break a little bit, and uh, I'm going to skip right into the Patreon sound off, if you don't mind, Ulrich. So Go right ahead. We're going to thank our patrons for the ongoing support, and they would be Pam Galley, Marquis, Orion McCann, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Reed D, Stephen, and Arthur Crane. So if you'd like to become a patron, just head on over to Patreon, Geeks with Shields, you know, 25 cents an episode. It's like a dollar a month. Long way towards helping us, helps with the podcast, all that stuff. So, Ulrich, I know we kind of already went over a little bit, but why don't you uh, take us into our topic for the day? Well, we've got an interesting one that Axel brought up, and we're going to kind of talk sports. Now, don't run away. Don't leave us. Just hear us out. Because a lot of the key tenets of geekdom, nerddom, whatever you want to call it, exist in sports. And I think everybody and their mother's uncle have made these points now. But we're just going to kind of have our own little fun discussion about the parallels and our relations there, too. Well, it's important to note that the reason why geekdom in general has been very anti-sports, I think, is because sportsdom was the one place where... Well, there's a few reasons. Like, one, sportsdom was the one place where geek-like behavior was not only tolerated, but, uh, you know, like, that was expected, you know, for, for decades. And then those people got to get away with it, as well as, you know, bully people who exemplified what we actually refer to as geek behavior. So, of course, that kind of resentment bubbles up. There's understandable issues there. But, again, as we've illustrated, that's an entire section of geekdom that I feel we had just neglected. And I wanted to at least take a moment to be like, hey, you know, sports geeks out there, you know, we know about, we care about you too. So, so what are what are our relationship with sports? So, like, uh, I'll kick us off by by saying that when I was, I'm not a big sports fan in general, like at all. I basically never watch any sports. But when I was young, there there are a few things. When I was young, I was really into baseball. I think it's because I was, most of my family was. I had a lot of softball players, but I was really into uh, the San Diego Padres. You know, you know the Padres. I do. All right, I uh, was particularly a fan of Tony Gwynn. Who, because I was only like, you know, five or something at the time, but something about the concept of he wasn't a home run hitter. He just, he was consistent. He always, like, he hit the ball. So he, he didn't strike out. And that struck a real chord with me. I remember uh, actually going to a game a number of times um, with various parental figures, and I actually got a, a blue bat signed by him. I no longer That's have awesome. it. Yeah, I no longer have it because a number of, Things have happened to me since then, but it's still a very fond memory, and I still uh, I still think of baseball fondly because of that. Even though I you know don't watch it because 
long <laughs> and boring. So fucking boring. Yeah, you know, I that's how I, if again, if you're a baseball fan, I'm sure it's like kind of like how I like watch, you know, I like chess. I play a lot of chess, so I can understand it, but I I just choose not I, if I'm going to be invested in baseball, I'd rather be playing it. I was a, a pitcher in my little league, um, but that was a long time ago. I haven't done anything baseball related since then. Nah, baseball's great if you are in, you know baseball and you're into baseball, but God help you if you're coming at it from the outside. And I have seen Barry Bonds play at the height of the Giants' power in the stadium, you know, good seats and all, and it was still like, oh, how am I here live and this is even worse? I, I don't don't like baseball at all so i'm sorry guys well then what uh what childhood sport because i'm assuming there was at least one that was big in your household so where are you coming from uh there was a bunch for me growing up because you know all brothers and they played multiple sports uh we loved football uh basketball had a toehold because jordan in the 90s that's a given uh baseball my older brothers played baseball so they like baseball uh, the only one that's really kind of carried through continuous for my family is football because all my brothers played football in high school and we all, you know, watched football American football, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I had a brief. I watched a little bit of soccer when uh, I got to see the World Cup when I was in Europe. So I got into soccer for a while. But soccer, I quickly found out, is it's a group sport. You really need a group of people that are equally into it. Otherwise, it's just a, a very dull affair. You need the group energy. Also, kind of uh, like that, but different. But also, got to have some uh, respect for the fact that if any sport is going to be the Earth sport, going to be soccer. But go on. No, I disagree. Come on, man. You may not like it, but the sheer level of dominance that soccer has over the collective world conscience. No, it's if there is an Earth sport, it's going to be soccer. The World Cup in soccer is the only World Cup that is like actually the World Cup. The closest is maybe the Olympics. That isn't one sport, so you can't count it. If you want to use that metric, then we have to make Catholicism Earth religion, and I refuse that standard. Uh, I wouldn't say so because I feel like the, um, the the scales aren't in nearly the same category. Again, man, like soccer, when you start researching into how how pre- pre- prevalent it is, there isn't like in your metaphor, there isn't like an Islam to counter the soccer's Catholicism. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just saying I don't buy that one. Plus, I I like soccer. I still do enjoy soccer. But we can do a better sport, and that sport has yet to come. I think it's going to be a combination of lacrosse, rugby, and robots. I, I do like rugby a lot. But as for American football, my stepdad, who was for six years, the closest thing I've ever had to like an actual dad, was a huge fan of the Green Bay Packers, total cheesehead. So that was basically the extent of my relationship to American football. But to be fair, my opinion of American football is not too dissimilar from your opinion of baseball. But in my case, it was the only times I ever tried to sit down and watch football. I felt like, so I could see about six to 15 seconds of action and then in tons of commercials and just footage of people sitting on benches and, and it just, it wasn't enough for me. It's just the whole thing is uh, dull a lot of the times in my case. Oh. Oh, I agree. And I mean, for a while there, the NFL was selling special packages where you could watch the game where they cut out all the commercials, replays and timeouts. And I think it came in like an hour and a half. 
that's still a lot longer than I would have thought. <laughs> well, still, the average game is like four hours, so if you can cut it down to like an hour and a half. But no, I get that, and there very much is that. Um, but no, football was a foundation one. Because again, my brothers played football growing when I was growing up. I played football in high school. My younger brother played football in high school. We went to state a couple times. We won a couple times. That was lots of fun. And but what was fun was with my brother and my family, every one of us had a different team. My grandfather, he rooted for the Vikings. My mother, she rooted for, you know, the Seahawks. She spent some time in Seattle. My older brothers, they rooted for the Buccaneers because they, you know, grew up in the Tampa Bay area. My bro- younger brother and I, we rooted for, you know, the 49ers because Joe Montana, Steve Young, the Niners were serious asking and they are again right now which i'm loving so we had this great rivalry going and it was you know it's it's still a big thing my family you know we'll get together holidays you can watch football and you can just kind of sit down and go like okay i'm rooting for this team so it's a very personal thing in my family because it's great for filling the silence you know it's funny this concept of rooting for the team i think is actually i think why i don't get into team sports like what in my current incarnation, as in me sitting here right now, the only sports I'm really into are one on one combat sports, uh, particularly boxing, uh, Muay Thai, uh, kickboxing. Um, I know that MMA is like the hot shit right now, but I am not a fan of grapple fighters in general. It just is not that interesting to me from a technical play. And I and don't get me wrong, I know that in the reason why grapple fighting is so predominant in MMA is because it is effective. It is extremely effective and more effective than strike combat, usually. But it's not good for a spectator, in my personal opinion. So, anyway, my point, though, is that I'm really into... I think one of the things I really like about those kind of things is that it's a lot easier for me to get invested in a single athlete than in a team, especially a giant team like American football has with these, like, how many people are on American football team? Like 50 or something? So well, the rosters get pretty big. But yeah. I think the but like I could, missing... I could pick one boxer, though, and be like, I'm going to follow this guy, this guy's career, you know, and, and it's just way easier for me. You can do that in football, too. I mean, there's plenty of people that will follow Brett Favre everywhere he's gone. You are... You are absolutely correct. My cheesehead stepdad was super into Brett Favre. But I feel like the quarterback field general, right, while important, okay, is still yeah. you know, lost within the you know the crowd, you know, this as far as I'm concerned. The other aspect you gotta remember, and like I kind of touched on, is the team you pick typically has a personal connection to you. Either it's your home state or your home city or you have some personal connection to that team that kind of bonds you with them, good, bad, or otherwise. And that you also get the great rivalries, which sometimes can become tedious looking at you Seahawks fans, you obnoxious bunch of ash hats. But that's, that, that's I think, to me is the big thing. And your problem is you have San Diego as your closest thing to a hometown. And for the longest time, it was the Chargers, which that was never a good team. And now they went to L.A. because L.A. now has like three football teams for some godforsaken reason. I do remember hearing about that and being extremely disappointed, even though I was never into American football. I still was like, oh, really? Come on. <laughs> yeah, you had a team. You had a connection. And then they went to L.A. and everyone was like, why? I I do. Oh, man, that is. It's funny because we're not going to spend any time talking about esports here because that's much closer to our regular fare. But I do know that when I was really into League of Legends, there was a, a moment where my favorite player on my favorite team moved 
literally changing teams to their primary rival and nothing pissed me off more and actually made me quit being a fan of league championship series. So I can understand that. So kind you, of... get the, you get in the psychology. It, it's there. Now you know how Vikings fans felt when Favre was uh, their quarterbacks. Like, you know, decades of hatred and rivalry, and now he's playing for us. I, I don't know how to process this. Yeah. By the way, it sounded like you were going to say something when I was going off about uh, grappling. Oh, I was going to say, I thought that MMA has kind of fallen off just because the fan base has kind of become a parody of wrestling. And I mean um, that in the most respectful way. I mean, wrestling fans, you are a brilliant bunch. You're generally awesome, well-meaning people. What I'm also, saying he, is the people that are still in MMA feel like a mean-spirited parody of you. Well, also, and it's important to remember, it's no, it, it's nothing new, right, to say that wrestling is fake. That joke is 40 years old. But that sentence is so dismissive of the athletic skill that wrestlers in, in what I believe what you meant when you're talking about wrestling, not like Olympic wrestling, but like, you know, wrestling. But it's like, yeah, it may be fake in that they are putting on a show, but they are still actually hitting each other and, you know, jumping off of large things. And th these are still feats of athleticism, no less impressive than like when a martial artist is putting on a presentation, you know? So it's yeah, like, I always thought that was a weird distinction people made. Like, well, the ending is predetermined, so none of this matters. Like, you still think an awesome stunt in a movie is cool. This is no different. It's being performed live in front of you by giant slabs of muscle. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of wrestling, but I personally think that the, the wrestling hate train was annoying for exactly this reason, where it's like, no, those are actual athletes. Like, they are... They are working their ass off to entertain people, and I think it's un unfair to disparage them. As for MMA, I hadn't heard that, but I know I'm after... I'm just going um, with my vibe, what I've gotten recently, and you know, people that still follow MMA, and the types of people that I still see following MMA. Well, it's interesting because, right, usually with these kind of sports, especially with the single-person combat sports, which boxing was dominant for, like, 60 years, it's usually... it's. Uh, its popularity rises and falls again with a single combatant. So like in MMA, we had people like uh, like Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey before, you know, uh, Holly Holmes. I don't remember her name. It's Holmes, I'm pretty sure, before Holly Holmes beat her. But they were like, you know, these larger-than-life personalities who were winning all the time. And not to mention, simultaneously, we had the rise of someone like Floyd Mayweather who had the inverse effect of making people like boxing less. So because he's such a – okay – all jokes aside, Floyd Mayweather is one of the greatest boxers of all time. It's just that his style is not conducive to spectators. So similar to how I don't like grappling, because grappling, while an effective fighting style, is crap to watch, Floyd, Medley Floyd Mayweather's style of fighting is not that interesting to watch unless you are a really high-level like understander of technique. But it's not fun to watch, but it's effective at winning. So drop the Floyd Mayweather like it's yeah anyway on the other hand someone like Manny Pacquiao the reason why people want to see them fight in the first place before that went down was because Manny Pacquiao is a great person with a super interesting backstory who is really fun to watch because he just is an aggressive puncher and then unfortunately he went into that fight with an injured shoulder and, and anyway I'm on the, I don't even know what tangent I'm off on right now but my my point is that 
you know, after uh, uh, McGregor was the last MMA guy who I was kind of paying attention to. And then he had that fight with, I don't remember what the guy's name was, but the guy like what punched McGregor's brother, like after the fight was done and turned the whole thing into a debacle, uh, you know, like a riot. It's just like, it was embarrassing to, you know. Yeah. And that's kind of what I mean about uh, what's become MMA is it, kind of feels how do i put this delicately without really pissing off dirty i guess like it's one step above drunk guys fighting in a parking lot while other people cheer it on which that was always the complaint of mma but now it just kind of feels like i don't want to be a part of this fandom this doesn't feel like something i'd be proud of and that's why I, I hate to sound pretentious but i know i sound pretentious saying this but that's why i prefer something like muay thai like uh if if you have ever like wanted to check out muay thai but didn't know where to start because most of it's you know in another language being the you know sport of another country just look up uh buakau i think it's b-u-a-k-a-w he's like one of the greatest muay thai fighters ever uh he's usually put number three behind um saint uh saint Chao. saint Chao, i can never pronounce saint Chao's name and um oh i can't remember there's a guy who's like considered the muhammad ali of uh of of Muay Thai, I can't remember his name. But anyway, point is Buakau is super fun to watch and a scary looking dude, but he his fights are great. Like this is how uh MMA but better is for me, personally. And again, if you're an MMA fan, more power to you. I actually um I hope that it does that this particular thing we're talking about doesn't affect you and that you get to enjoy your your sport. So see I want to talk about one sport that's kind of coming up that I think marries the two halves of the nerd dynamic and that is night fights oh uh russian armor night fighting right well it's spread to us like in poland it's spreading throughout eastern europe and well the thing is because the the site of creative anachronisms the sca has been doing that for like decades at this point but recently russia started doing it in, and by recently i mean within the last 10 years basically but russia started doing it on like a grand scale and then that started spreading to other countries. But yeah, people, if you don't know what we're talking about, when we're saying night fighting, we literally mean um, historic European martial arts dressing up in uh, medieval or may not medieval, but older style metallic armor with uh, usually still medieval. But well, medieval. yes, but with some sort of uh, either solid wood weapons or dull metal weapons and usually on a you know point based system just fighting like they used to do in old tournaments yeah it's on youtube it's a ton of fun to watch and i really feel like this unites everybody and i think it's it's getting there like i said it's taken eastern europe by storm because who doesn't love watching two dudes dressed in full plate metal beating the living fuck out of each other and they've you know started going okay well here are some rules and regulations and here's a point scoring system and hey let's develop a system of our that actually detects the blows and keeps track of it and it's just all you really need is some of that wrestling pizzazz where you get characters and you know names and teams that's integral to making any sport work you need to be able to attach yourself to a personality and this could be a big you know worldwide thing that honestly again would marry the two warring you know quote-unquote factions of sports nerds you know traditional nerds who love our statistics and fantasy and armor and guys who just love a good old-fashioned ass whooping I mean, I'm totally pro this idea just because. <laughs> yes, I agree. Now, anyway, I, we could go on for a while here, but I think this is actually kind of a good place to 
start wrapping a bit. Now, I think if if any of you are listening, you found any of this interesting, then uh, let us know so we can kind of know if we have any sports geeks kind of listening because that's kind of information we want. And if, if we didn't mention your sport and you want us to you know talk about, it, let us know about that too. We, you know, I, I have a, I have an idea for a few other tangential kind of things we could do, but we need to know if uh, if people are gonna. <laughs> care i mean, will probably do it anyway because but still i'd like to know so now do you have any closing thoughts or no i just you know kind of think it is interesting we have this divide of you know nerds and sports or something kind of different and I, I think there's a there's a greater degree of overlap and understanding of the two than most people you know give credit is you know my one of my brothers he's a huge nerd he introduced me to a bunch of sci-fi and comic stuff but Come game day, the dude's dressed head to toe in Buccaneers battle paint and has been on TV a couple times because of his level of over-the-topness. So, well, I don't know. It, I think, it's weird. Uh, I mean, we're called Geeks with Shields, right? And geekdom doesn't isn't limited to any one thing. I remember learning this when I was in my second year of college, and I watched my three roommates talking about beer for like an hour. And I literally had this thought, you guys are beer geeks. That's a thing. And it didn't, it, like, now it doesn't surprise me at all to think about that, but you can be a geek for anything. So I think uh, I'm, if anything, going to try to make maybe a little bit more of a concerted effort to branch out our uh, our geek tendrils, if the, if it were. <laughs> no, fair enough. Like I said, all sports are great and fun, except baseball, because baseball is just... Oh... It's the Seattle Seahawks of sports. Also, I love hockey. I don't watch it, but I love it. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all the whatever things that we're supposed to ask you to do because we make stuff online. <laughs> but, you know, the more people that can see this, the more we grow, the more we grow, the more we can do. And that's great for us and great for anyone who's invested in us, which is you listening. Hey, thank you. So, Ulrich, what platforms can people find us on? Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast. And if there's one that you want us on that we aren't on, just let us know and we'll look into it. Because, like I said, we want you to be able to find us anywhere, anytime, and listen to us however you want. All right. And as always, this has been Axel Wright. And his shield brother, Lord Commander Ulrich. Be sure to tune in next time. And as always, stay honorable. <laughs>